Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great shout. He's worthy. Yeah. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor Joaquin, what a blessing, what an honor to be here with you. Who would have told the story? Who would have told the story when we first met the Molina family and um, met in California? Uh, We both bumped into each other, the Molina family, the Torres family, and there we met and we became friends uh, since that that moment. It was one of those moments. uh, I call it a God moment. And we just came together and uh, learned to appreciate each other and love each other. Uh, And we just thank the Lord for the Molina family because they have been a great inspiration to us. And if anybody would have told me then that that this kid then was going to be a pastor, I would have never believed it. Uh, Because, you know, it was, I mean, you you don't think that way. But here he is now, a great man of God. You are blessed. I want you to know that. You are truly, truly blessed. And I just thank the Lord for Pastor Joaquin and having us here today. Uh, uh, my wife, Carmen, is with me. Would you stand, honey, and wave to the people? Amen. We met, we also met in California. We met in uh, Bible College where she came to study. Uh, my wife is from Mexico. Uh, I was born in Puerto Rico, but raised in New York. And uh, never thought that I was going to find a beautiful uh, girl like Carmen. Uh, it wasn't always like, you know, she's the one. Uh, we were in school. And uh, during, during the time that we were in school, uh, only a few of us had cars. And um, one day, Carmen needed to... Uh, go to San Fernando and pick up her books. But, but really, you know, it's not like I had my eyes on her or anything like that. She, we, we were just in the same uh, classes. And, and so uh, she came over with the dean of women knocking on the uh, man's dorm. And that's unusual, you know. And so it was a Saturday, Saturday morning. I was getting ready to go out. And uh, they knocked on the door. And uh, they asked me if I would take Carmen, Sister Carmen, because in those days it was like Brother Victor. Uh, it wasn't even Brother Victor, it was Brother Torres and Sister Lopez. And, and so can you take me to San Fernando to get my books? And uh, I mean, I had no interest in, in this girl at all. You know, a matter of fact, I thought she was kind of snobby, you know, and always asking the right questions and giving the right answers in, in classroom, you know. And, uh, and, and so... That day she said, can you take me to San Fernando? And I said, oh, I'm sorry, sister, but my car is sick right now. It's not feeling too good, because I was making an excuse. I really didn't want to take her. And uh, I said, I can't do it. And so I said, okay. So she just turned around, you know, closed the door, and she started walking off. But suddenly, I don't know what happened. I thought, and I said, she is good looking, you know? <laughs> She's pretty. And so I opened the door right away, and I called her out, and I said, Sister Lopez, uh, my car just got healed. I'll take you 
And, uh, and so I took her to San Fernando, one-hour trip on the Golden State Freeway. And during that hour, during that hour, in my mind, I asked her to be my wife, to go into the ministry with me, back to New York. All of that was happening in my mind because as we were, we were traveling, I was singing these uh, little courses, you know, Christian songs, you know, together. And I kept looking. I was driving, kept looking at her and kept looking at her. So she is good looking. She is pretty. And so on Monday, that was on Saturday, on Monday, I approached her and I proposed to her, asked her to marry me to join me in the ministry and move to New York City. Now, can you imagine how she was feeling? And she just, she was by the piano there, and, you know, she just bowed her head like this. She was red as a tomato, you know. And suddenly she turns to me and she says, well, you know, I didn't come here for, to look for a boyfriend. I said, well, I'm not asking you to be my girlfriend. I'm asking you to marry me. What do you want me to do? I fell in love with you. And, and uh, I don't believe in this stuff of dating, you know. So, and she said, well, you, you know, I didn't come here for that. I said, well, pray about it. She said, I, I don't have nothing to pray about. I said, pray about it anyway. <laughs> well, you know, I noticed that in the lunch line, because she was part of the serving crew at, at the school, and in, in the lunch line, I noticed that my plate kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. So I knew that the chicken was in the pot. And uh, here we are, and we have four wonderful children, 11 grandchildren, and God has really blessed us, and we thank God. All of them serve God. All of our children serve the Lord. All our grandchildren are in the church. They all serve the Lord, and we have a lot to be thankful. But this morning with me is uh, one of my daughters. She is the one that is, is taking on the leadership uh, in, in our ministry uh, the rehab uh, ministry that we operate, New Life for Youth, plus she's a co-pastor uh, together with us, her and her husband, Carlos, in our church. And I, I want Rosalinda to come at this time. Amen. So great to be here. We had a wonderful service last night with all of your young people. And um, I just have to tell you, you know, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3.17 that the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit is, the Lord is. And he moves freely. And how many of you know that we're in a place where the spirit of the Lord moves freely? Amen. I enjoyed that worship. We've enjoyed fellowshipping with you. And I'm excited to be here with my mom and dad. I can't tell you how difficult in life it was growing up having your dad be an ex-gangster. I'm still in therapy today. So, no, I'm just kidding. But praise the Lord, we're here. We're excited. Um, I just want to tell you how your church is also impacting our ministry. Pastor, your book, What is a Man? All of our men at our church just finished the series, What is a Man? And they are excited. Um, my husband leads the men's ministry over there, and I'll tell you what, they not only did they do it, they were staying after, and we know the Lord moved in, in their lives, but praise God, you know, back in Richmond, my parents, when they started reaching young people, it was right off of the streets, right into our house, so as a little girl, um, my sisters and I and my brother, we gave up our beds, and literally, they would bring addicts in off of the street. And the Lord began to transform them. And today we have a ministry. We actually have 120 beds for men and women in addiction. We've had over 20,000 people graduate the New Life for Youth program. 
And God is doing a tremendous work. We're seeing lives transformed. We were just in the news two days ago. A young girl overdosed in her car, a mother with a six-month baby. And I called, you know, one of our leaders. I said, call the news and say she was a block away from hope. Amen. And so they actually interviewed, and we're seeing lives transformed by the glory of God. And so it's exciting because how many of you guys know that God is still on the throne and he is still changing lives? And, you know, um, my dad wrote that book, and uh, we actually went to Hollywood. It was amazing. It was actually a producer from Disney, along with the son of David Wilkerson, Greg, and uh, came together and put that movie together, and it is award-winning. We were out of 1,700 movies at the Heartland Film Festival. They called us to do the U.S. red carpet. Uh, it has won awards all over the United States and actually internationally. It just uh, opened up all over South Africa. And um, what is really cool, it's the first faith-based film movie ever filmed in Fox Studios. And uh, then having a Latino family being the center focus that was kind of cool too but we have the movie today it's i'm telling you why it's changing lives so i just want to let you know we have that and then uh the book which is amazing you know and in actually where we are the young people the high schools people are reading it and it's it's really it's his autobiography but you get to even get a little deeper than the movie and i want to tell you that um he's still writing we got books coming out all over the place but there is an awesome book coming out and there's a pre-order available on amazon and it is called reaching your addicted loved one and already Costco, Sam's Club, Target have already numbered it number two best-selling book. And it's coming out. That's my dad's book. So um, make sure you stop by. If you need help with a young person, if you're looking for a place to find help, we have information about that too. God bless you. Thank you for letting us be here with you today. Well, Selinda didn't say this, but uh, I told her I would. I will push her book, Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a great book. So you need to get that book. Uh, she's also a writer. After all, she's taken after her dad. But uh, she is uh, a writer, uh, and she's a great speaker, great conference speaker. Uh, God uses her, especially among the women. Uh, so if you ever need a women's conference speaker, Rosa is dynamite. Uh, she speaks from her heart, and you know, that's the thing that God has blessed us with, our children. The Lord has really blessed uh, uh, all of our children, all four of them serve the Lord. And uh, you know, I tell people, wherever I go, I am the richest man in the world. Yes, you are, sir. Uh, because all my children serve God. And uh, my, my wife and I, we've been married 50 years. And uh, you know, uh, we've, never, we've never had an argument. How many believe that? <laughs> but God is good. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, uh, I, want, I want to speak to you about spirit revolution. Uh, I, I believe there, there is a transformation uh, that is taking place today. Uh, and it has to do with the Holy Spirit. Uh, a person, the person of the Holy Spirit that is very much part of your life. Very much part of the life of the church. That's what makes the church what it is. What, what makes the church different from any other institution, uh, any other group in the world, is the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Yes. It's the power 
of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ, in the church. I know in my own life and in the life of my family, the Holy Spirit has been so present and so powerful. So this morning, uh, I want to share with you from Luke chapter 4, one verse I want to read, verse 18. Notice what the word of the Lord says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. How many appreciate the word of the Lord? Amen. The word of God. Amen. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, this morning. Uh, I, th- I think that, uh, you know, when you read my book, uh, immediately you will realize that there was a, a man that was very much involved in reaching my life, uh, a man who came to New York City uh, because he felt a call from God. One day he picked up uh, the magazine Uh, Life magazine, which is not around anymore, but in those days, Life magazine was very powerful. When he picked it up, on the front page of the Life magazine, there were seven faces of seven young men, young men, members of a gang in New York City that had killed another young man by the name of Michael Farmer. And they were on trial for the murder of Michael Farmer. And when he read, he saw the faces he says that the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, you've got to go to New York and you've got to reach these boys. You've got to go and reach these boys. And he had never been to New York. I mean, we're talking about a country preacher. He was a young, skinny, white kid, you know, young man uh, preaching in the hills of Pennsylvania. And God puts a calling on his life to go to New York and he ends up in New York City in his car, sleeping in the car. Actually, he sold his television uh, to to, uh, gather enough money to be able to make this trip. And he goes out to New York, and then one day he walks into the courtroom, the same courtroom where this this trial is being held. And he walks in there in the middle of the trial. He's got a Bible in his hand, you know, and he begins to walk towards the bench, towards the judge, and of course, immediately, you know, the, the police were there and they grabbed him and they lifted him up. And the judge said, throw this, this joker out of this courtroom. And they threw him out of the courtroom and the newspapers were there. The Daily News, you know, start taking pictures of him. Then he became the, the, the first page article on the Daily News. Bible preaching uh, preacher gets thrown out of courtroom for trying to help gang members. And his intention was to minister to these seven young men, but the, but the authorities did not allow that. And they threw him out of the courtroom. Well, can you imagine the next day when that article came, came out, all the gangs, you know, they, they knew about David Wilkerson. They knew about him. They learned about him. And so David started preaching on the streets. He would come into my neighborhood. I was a part of a gang called the Roman Lords. Uh, Nikki Cruz was my enemy. The Mamau chaplains were fighting each other all the time. Uh, But if anybody would have told me that one day 
I was going to be like standing here behind this podium or that one day they were going to make a movie out of my life story. I, I think at that point I would have said, what kind of dope you using, man? Because that's impossible. That's impossible. But that is what God had in mind through this man, David Wilkerson. And God began a revolution. The Holy Spirit began to walk the streets of New York and began to touch people, men and women. And that's how I came to the saving power of Jesus Christ. But one day, one day, a few years ago, David Wilkerson died in an automobile accident. And our family was called to, to be a part uh, of the viewing uh, of David's going away. And we went to the family private viewing and uh, it was Carmen and Rosa was with me and was, was standing there. And I'm standing in front of the uh, uh, casket there viewing my spiritual dad, my spiritual father, David Wilkerson. And I leaned over and I put my hands on top of his hands and I thanked him for saving my life. And I knew that it was Jesus who saved my life. But God used this man to bring a revolution to bring a message of transformation to these boys, these young people that were all messed up on the streets. And as I look to my left, there's another young man standing there. And Greg Wilkerson, which is his youngest son, he's standing right there. So when I saw him, I hadn't seen him in a while, I put my arm around him. And, and we started praying together and talking uh, uh, there for a while. And then we talked for about another hour. And, and, and so I asked Greg, I said, Greg, what, what are you doing with your life now? And he said, well, believe it or not, I am a movie producer. And I said, you are? And I said, have you read my book, Son of Evil Street? And at that time, that's what it was called. And so I said, uh, no. Uh, uh, he, he said, no, I haven't read it. I said, well, where are you staying? And he gave me the name of the hotel. Come to find out we were staying in the same uh, hotel. We had breakfast that morning. And he started telling me the story that he was producing movies uh, together with a director who worked directly with uh, Disney. <clears throat> and I said, well, I'm going to give you a copy of my book. And so he took the book. Two weeks later, we get a call, a telephone call with him and his director uh, telling me that they are considering they would like to make my story into a movie. Well, can you imagine how I felt at that time? I felt tremendously blessed because Greg is the son of David Wilkerson. And, you know, and here, you know, and I'm thinking all this time. I, I think back today, and I think that in the midst of death, right there, in the midst of death, even... This man who is dead, and, and I knew that his spirit was with the Lord. God was still moving mightily yes, through the life of this man. Yes, that even in death, the Holy Spirit, the power of God moves through our lives when we serve him. When we come to know him. And this is what was happening here. This was a, a true revolution that was taking place uh, as I, I look back to that. You know, in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 20 through 21, here's what the word of God says. Then Elijah died, and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of, of that year. 
So it was, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders, and they put the man in the tomb of Elijah. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elijah, he revived and stood on his feet. Wow. I mean, can you just imagine what is happening here? That even in death, God still moves. You see, there is nothing that will limit the Spirit of God in your life. There is nothing in this world that will ever limit God from working in your life. And especially if you are faithful and you love God, even in your worst situation, God will still move mightily. You know, one of the services that I like the most is to preach at funerals. You know what? People get saved. People get saved because death doesn't stop God from working. Listen to another verse from the scriptures, Romans 8, 11. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. That's your living body. That's your life as it is to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And I love that verse because that is a promise that I stand on every single day to know that sickness in my body does not have the last word. How many know the devil does not have the last word in your life? He will like for you to believe that, especially when you're down and out and you're all messed up. And you see, that's why on that day when Jesus stood, In the temple, when he stood in the house of God and he picked up the book of the prophet Isaiah, he read from there. So the Bible says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Notice, to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. Notice, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, let me tell you something about that promise. That is a promise for you and I. That is a promise for the church of today. We're talking about the now, in real time, the Spirit of the Lord. The same Spirit that came upon Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that came down on the day of Pentecost. And it filled the church with power. And it is the same Holy Spirit that is working in the church today to set the captive free. Amen. This is true spirit revolution. And I believe that in these days that we're living, because the Bible says that in the last day, God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon all flesh. And I believe that the church is getting ready to experience a mighty move of the Holy Spirit like we have never seen before. Amen. 
That's why we have the ministry that we have. And you know why we are effective? It's not because we run a rehab program. But it's because we have something the world doesn't have. You know, medical science is great. And I thank God for hospitals. And I thank God for medical science. And I, I thank God for all the medicine that we've been able to have. Amen. Or else a lot of us would not be here today. That's the mercy of God. But I want you to know that that is not the last word. You see, we got to know that as the church of Jesus Christ, we have a better cure. We have a greater cure. And that is the cure of man's heart, of man's soul. And only God can do that. Only God can bring that kind of healing. And when you are free and healed from the inside, you're going to be healed and free on the outside. Amen. You are going to become a new person. You see, spirit revolution is for today. Isaiah 43, 18, 19 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of all. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. And you see, the scripture that Isaiah is speaking of here in writing is parallel with the promise that we have in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It's a parallel blessing, a parallel promise for the church today. Behold, I will do a new thing, the prophet says. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You see, let me tell you this. The problem with many Christians and churches is that we have the tendency and we accustom ourselves to remain in our past. And that's why the prophet brings this word here to the people of God. And God says, there's coming a time when things are going to change. Because God didn't call you to remain in your spiritual level where you are today. God has greater things for you. He's got deeper things for you. And whatever God is going to do in your life, he is going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of God moving in your life. And today, God is doing something more intensified. That's what the prophet Isaiah was referring to. That's what Jesus was referring to. God is going to do something more powerful, more intensified, more profound, deeper and deeper reaching beyond the yesterday. Beyond the the, the, the yesterday. See, the whole problem with the church today is that we have left the Holy Spirit behind. And we, we're trying to do this thing on our own. It's like trying to be a Christian with your own strength. Trying to overcome temptation with your own strength. Trying to accomplish things in the Lord with your own strength. God never intended for you to go at it alone. That's why he has given you the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so that is that you may be able to live in victory and that nothing will hold you back. 
You see, if we look again at, at Luke chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Now, it's very interesting that this happens in the house of God. That this is where Jesus now breaks this new revelation, this new revolution that is coming to the people of God. God is not going to work in your life the same way that he worked yesterday. Yes, we should never forget the promises of God. And, you know, last night I was sharing with the youth about experience and, and how important it is to appreciate our experience in the Lord. Because if there is something that's going to affirm your faith is your relationship with God, your encounter with God. The day that you came to Jesus Christ, the day that your life was transformed and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, uh, God came into your heart and he revolutionized your life. He turned you upside down. He turned you around. Amen. And this world no longer seemed to be the same. Why? Because now the Spirit of God is working in your life and bringing you into newness of life. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that now dwells in our lives. So in the Old Testament, God made here a statement. In the Old Testament, God used Israel as a statement. In other words, God said, I'm going to show you, I'm going to, I'm going to use you as a show and tell peace for the rest of the nations. You are my people. That's why today the church looks to Israel and, and, and we look to the Holy Land. Amen. And, you know, Israel, that tiny uh, bit of land is a testimony to the whole world. The, the eyes of the whole world are upon Israel. Why? Because Israel, no matter what the world believes, no matter what the world says, Israel is God's showpiece. You are my people forever. And the blessing of God is upon the Jewish nation. But in those days, you see, in the Old Testament, God dealt with Israel as a whole. God dealt with Israel as a nation. But now comes Jesus, and Jesus said, I'm not going to deal with you as God dealt with you in the old. Now I'm going to deal with you as individuals. Now I'm going to minister to your personal needs. Now I'm going to work with you in your oppressions and in your sicknesses and in your needs And in your personal captivities, I'm going to deal with you as an individual and I'm going to transform you from the inside out. Not only are you going to be my showpiece as a nation, you're going to be my showpiece as individuals in this world. And you're going to show forth my power to the rest of the world because I'm going to deal with you as a person. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit deals with every one of us as individuals, as a person. See, spirit revolution in 
our modern day brings modern day solutions. God deals with you today through the Holy Spirit to bring modern day solutions. So God is doing something more intensified, more profound, deeper. That's why, you know, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to set you free, to set the captive free as an individual. So you see, things will be different from now on in Israel. From now on, the Holy Spirit will be conducting God's works, just like in the church. He wants to conduct the works in your life. He wants to conduct the decisions in your life. He wants to bless you as a person, not as a whole, so that you will be able to have this power in your life to serve God in victory, complete victory, victoriously. You know, when my mother found out that, that I was a drug addict, just like in the movie there, it happened just like that. Every time I see that part, I can't help it, but I, 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 I break and, and I start weeping. I don't, I don't care how many times I see that, that picture in the movie. But when my mother found out that night, when she saw the needle marks on my veins, you see, I, I started shooting drugs when I was 14 years of age. Just a little boy, just a little kid. And by that time, I also joined the gang. By the age of 18, I was already incarcerated three times. But on that day, when my mom saw those needle marks, she went crazy. She didn't know what to do. My, you know, God didn't live in our home. My father was a good man. My mother was a good man. They never separated. You know, they stayed together through all, all, all their life. My father was a good provider. He was a hard worker. My mother worked hard in New York City. Both of them held jobs. You know, our babysitters were, were the movies because my mother worked and my father worked. And the kids, we were doing our own thing. But when my mother found out that I was a drug addict, when she saw those needle marks, she lost it. She didn't know what to do. And I say my mother because mothers are more sensitive. And so she started searching for an answer. She tried to go everywhere she could to try to find a solution. And she would talk to the doctors. She talked to the psychiatrists. She talked to the psychologists and the social workers and the uh, truant officer from school and, and other people. Nobody can, could give her an answer. On the contrary... People were saying, forget about your son. There is no cure for him. He's lost. Even family members were telling my mother, listen, put him away for life. He, he doesn't have any hope. He's not going to change at all. He will never change. There's no way that Victor is going to change his life. I mean, my school teacher, one of my school teachers told my mother, your son is going to die in the electric chair. That, that's going to be his, his final uh, take in life. He's going to be killed on the streets. And one day, my mother heard of a little church in the neighborhood that had opened up. It was a storefront church, a small church. And that's why I say, you know, don't knock down small things. Don't never knock down small things. When my mother went to that little church, about 20 people, she found Something that she never knew existed. She found hope. And there, for herself, she experienced God. She surrendered her life. She gave her life to Jesus Christ 
100%. But not only that, you know what she found in that little church? She found a faith that was bigger than her. And she found power for her own self. You got to try to understand. We lived in our neighborhood. The building where we live had five floors. A big tenement building. The whole block was like that. And there was no air conditioning. In the summer, you had to keep all the windows open. And all you heard was the street sounds. And the smells. And the police sirens and people screaming and the gang fights. And this was my parents' environment. Now she goes to this, to this little hole on, in the wall and she founds a God that is bigger than all of that. And she brings it home. And not only that, but she begins a prayer journey. And she closes herself into this small closet every single night. In that little tiny apartment, it wasn't even a walk-in closet. It was a small closet. You know, she had to back up on it. She would open the door and then back up and stand there and close the door. And that would support her. And sometimes she would be standing there for two hours praying and praying. I would walk in at 3 o'clock in the morning. All the lights would be out. And the only voice that you would hear would be the voice of that little lady that was praying, Señor, ten misericordia de mi hijo. Señor, salva mi hijo. Dios mío, cambia a mi hijo. And I would hear that and that would bother me so much that, you know, I was crazy. Because when you're on the drugs, you know, you're demon-possessed. And I would open up the door and she would fall on the floor and I would curse at her and I would say, you are crazy. You've gone into that religious stuff and, and now you don't want to let it go. I'm never going to change my life. But my mother, as tiny as she was, and she was like this. I don't know what happened to me, but she was like that. And she would look up to me and she would say, son, I don't care what you believe. I don't care what the world believes. I know that one day Jesus Christ is going to get a hold of your life and he's going to transform you. And I know he's going to answer my prayer. And then she would begin to prophesy. I don't think at that time she knew what she was saying, but you know, she must have known something because she would say to me, not only that, son, you're going to be a preacher. You watch. You're going to be a preacher. And I would say to her, Mom, you're crazy. You've lost it. But you know, all this time, the Holy Spirit was listening. The Holy Spirit was at work. And the Holy Spirit began to work in our family. My father was a hard man. He was a good man, but he was a hard man. He would just say, no, leave me alone. He didn't want nothing to do with me when I was on the streets because I brought shame to the family. But my mother continued to pray. And you see, I believe this, that as my mother was praying, God was speaking to David Wilkerson. God was preparing the, 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 the scene. God was preparing the plans. And that's why David Wilkerson came to the city because there were many like my mother that were praying and interceding for God to bring a breakthrough, for God to bring the answer. Let me tell you something. Never think that you are alone in the Lord Jesus Christ because God will always be moving in your life to bring the breakthrough that you're looking for. And my mother didn't know how God was going to do all this. 
But one day, she heard about David Wilkinson. I remember David Wilkinson coming into our neighborhood, and we would throw, we would throw eggs at him, and we would throw water balloons and beer cans and rocks and all this. But that man just continued to preach. He continued to preach the gospel. And then one day, my mother found out about the house he had opened up, and he started talking to him. And that's when one day I walked into the house and I was all messed up. I was at the end of my rope. And my mother starts talking to me and she says, uh, she says, Victor, I want, I want you to try this place that I found out about. Uh, there's a place here that this, this preacher opened up. And I said, mm-hmm. I went like that. And, and then she said, no, 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 this is a different kind of place. And she never told me really that it was a Christian place. She, she sort of put it like it was a clinic. And, you know, my mother used a lot of Holy Spirit psychology. <laughs> and, and she said, no, 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 this is a clinic. It's a different kind of place. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. And when I went there, and first person that I met at the door was Nikki Cruz. And we were enemies on, on the streets. And... Um, and I said, this is crazy. This is crazy. But they gave me a bed, and I stayed in the place. And that night, I got sick. If you know anything about uh, heroin addiction, uh, during that time, and last night, I was showing the youth I had short sleeves. I still have the marks in my vein after all these years. I still have the marks of the needle as I would use the same place to inject in the right hand and my legs. Uh, and at one point, I have a dent right here because at one point I was so desperate, I broke into a doctor's office to get a needle, and it was nighttime, and all the lights were out. I didn't want to turn on the lights, and I grabbed the first needle that I could find. I didn't realize that that needle had a dent on it. And when I went to the basement to shoot up and I tried to pull the needle out, it grabbed my vein and blood just began to gush out of my vein, and I, I was going to die. My friends left me for dead. So I was at the end of my rope. And that day, that night, I started getting sick. And if you know anything about this, when, when there's no drugs, you're just crazy. You're not yourself. And I started to have cold sweats and hot sweats and shivering. And I started to feel pain in my stomach and for three nights and three days that was my my situation it takes at least 72 hours for your body to begin to sort of find some relief but there i was the third day i was at the peak of my withdrawal and i had that blanket over my body and all i could think was to go back to the streets and get another shot and get it over with and i decided to leave the place but as I decided to leave the place, this young man stopped me, and he starts talking to me. And he says, Victor, you've given everything a chance. Why don't you give God an opportunity to work in your life? And I said, no, you know, I don't have any hope. All, all I want to do right now is just go back to the streets. You know what? I was born to be a drug addict. I was born to be this way. And by that time, all my friends, all of those friends that you see in the movie, they had all died, terrible deaths. But there I was, and then he left me there. When he left me there, I began to think about everything that my mother used to preach to me. And I started thinking about what David Wilkerson was preaching. 
And all these thoughts began to go through my mind. And I believe at that point, as I look back, that was the Holy Spirit that was bringing conviction to my life. And suddenly I turn around and I walk back inside the building all by myself. And I walk into that little room like you see in the movie there. And I get down on my knees. I just went down to my knees. I knelt down on my knees. And I said, God, if it's true what these people say, if it's true that you can change my life, that you can give me a new mind, a new heart, I said, please, God, do it right now. And the moment that I said that, I began to sense something happening on the inside. You know, and I tell people, let me tell you this. I did not feel like the ceiling was coming down or I saw lightning. But I just knew right there, I felt so dirty on the inside. And when I began to feel dirty on the inside, I said, God, please forgive me. And the moment I said that, something broke on the inside. When I got up to my feet, I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that God had touched my life. That I was a brand new man, a brand new person. And let me tell you that in all these years, I've never dipped or dapped. Never had a need to go back. You know why? Because the same power of the Holy Spirit that sets you free over here is the same power that's also going to keep you in victory. It will keep you in the will of God. And not only that, he will raise you up and he will use you in a mighty way. You see, I want you to know something that you are blessed. As a child of God, as a Christian, You are blessed. I know that there are needs that are difficult and hard to deal with. Some of you may be facing some of these profound needs. You know, everywhere I go, I talk to people that are going through rough times and tough times. How many of you here this morning know someone that's on drugs? Right? How many of you have a family member that is hooked on drugs. Yeah, everywhere I go, I see that. And these are difficult problems. And man doesn't have an answer for everything. And every one of us fight battles. We all fight situations in our lives. We all fight habits. You know, drug addiction is not the only habit. There are all kinds of habits that control people's lives. And a habit is something that will control your life. It will rob you of your peace. It will become bigger than you are. That's why we call them habits. And that is why they control our lives. Because they have power to control our emotions and our happiness and our peace and our joy. But you see, that is why. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and I'm talking to Christians here this morning. I'm not talking to the, to the heathen out there. I'm talking to people that are in church. And you know what? Some of the worst habits are in the church. Yes, sir. 
They're right here in the church. We have pornography and we have all kinds of things and we got unfaithfulness and we have gambling and all sorts of habits that control people's lives. But you see, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus is talking about when he said, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has sent me to set the captive free, it's talking about you and me. It's talking about our own personal needs. And God doesn't deal with you as a blob. God deals with you as a man and as a woman, as a person. And you call upon his name this morning and he will set you free by the power of the Holy Spirit. He will heal your life. The same miracle that happened in my life is the same miracle that happens everywhere. And today more than ever we all need a spirit revolution. We all need the moving of the Holy Spirit. We need a freshness. We need transformation every single day in our lives to deal with the challenges that we face in this world. You see, transformation and change is what God has in mind for everyone that loves Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a true Jesus person, God wants not only to change you, he wants to rearrange your life. To make you a better man. To make you a better woman. To make you a better servant. To make you a better witness for him. Who would have told the story that Victor Torres was going to be what he is today? Not because of me. But as Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill, notice, the lust of the flesh. When you embrace this revolution in your life, when you embrace uh, this move of the Holy Spirit in your life, uh, the flesh will no longer have control in your life, but you will be in charge through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to conclude with this. After I got saved, I had to go back to my neighborhood. And I remember I was three months old in the Lord. Three months old in the Lord. I was a baby in the Lord. But during those three months, something happened in my life. You know, I thought getting saved was, was great. When I got saved, I mean, I, I got saved. And I remember they sent me from New York to Pennsylvania, and they sent me up to a mountain to study there the Bible for another five, six months. And, you know, I had never seen cornfields like that in my life. I told the young people last night, you know, I grew up in New York. I never left the four blocks of my neighborhood. I knew there was an Empire State Building in New York. I never visited the Empire State Building until after I got saved because my whole life was made up of that environment. But when I got saved, I got saved. And they sent me to Pennsylvania. And there, after just about the third month, they gave me a pass to go back to the city. I was going to go back to my old neighborhood, to my old gang, to my old friends. But something happened one chapel morning. God did something in my life. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I received the Holy Spirit. When I received the Holy Spirit, something happened to me. 
I knew that God had brought me closer to him. And at that point, they let me go back to New York. And I remember when I got to the city, I had to take the train. I had to take the subway and the train. And the last one to take was the train, what they call the elevator. And so I was up there. And when I got to my block, I got off on Livonia Avenue. And when I went, I was going down the steps, just like the devil. Right there, standing right at the end of the step, was an old buddy of mine that was still on drugs. And when he saw me, he thought he saw a ghost. And I looked at him. He looked at me. And he came up to me and he says, man, it's so good to see you. Where you been? I told him a little bit of what I was doing, you know, but he didn't care. Right away, he said, man, there's some good stuff here. He said, there's some great heroin right now. It's pure. It's good. And for a moment there, I thought and I said, man, one more time, one more taste. I wonder how it would taste to just dip a little bit. It's not going to hurt me. And he said, you got money? Because he didn't even have money. He says, you got money? He said, yeah, I got money. He says, come on, we're going to go see this guy. He's pushing. And, and so I followed him. And we went inside of the hallway, the tenement building. And I stood right there, and the, the guy that was selling the drugs was right there, and he had the little cellophane bags in his hand, and he was switching them from one hand to the other. And my friend, you know, tugging up my body, pushing me and saying, come on, come on, you know, pay him, pay him, come on, we'll get high, man, we'll share this, we'll get high. And for a minute there, I was confused, and I didn't, I didn't know what to do, you know. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and I began to see myself and what God had done in my life. And the Holy Spirit said it as clear as can be. And he said, are you going to trade what God has given you for this? You're making a big mistake. And right there, the Holy Spirit brought conviction to my heart, something that I didn't even know much about, but I felt like, like the Holy Spirit was convicting my heart that it was wrong. And right there in front of that pusher, my friend, I just put my arms up like this, and they thought I had gone crazy, you know. And I just said, Jesus, uh, I rebuke the devil. I didn't know what else to say. I just said, Jesus, I rebuke the devil. And when I said that and I began to praise God, that pusher... He ran out of that building like, I mean, he had, he had seen a ghost, you know. He just ran out of the building. My friend ran out of the building. They left me there. And all I could do was just fall to my knees and thank God. You see, folks, let me tell you this. Let me tell you. This is good for everybody. This is what the Holy Spirit brings to the church. The Holy Spirit brings power. It brings conviction. It brings freedom. It brings deliverance. Amen. Some of you that are facing tough things in your life. Some of you that have children that are wayward. Some of you that are facing mountains in your life. I want you to know that the Spirit of the Lord, the same Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus and the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that is given to the church of today of this modern age so that we can have the victory over the enemy amen let's give the Lord a great praise because he is worthy to be praised I want you to stand with me please 
I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit here this morning. And I've seen God do great and mighty things. I've seen God deliver people from all kinds of situations, all kinds of habits, all kinds of circumstances that sometimes are impossible. And God has broken through because of the power of the Holy Spirit. How many here love Jesus? Do you love the Lord? Lift your hand up if you love Jesus all over this place, all over this house. The Holy Spirit is here right now. The Spirit of God is here and he's moving right now in your heart. The Holy Spirit is moving upon your life this morning. In the name of Jesus, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know the mountain that you're facing in your life, but I want you to know the Holy Spirit is here to bring victory in your life. There's some of you that are facing habits. Every day you ask God for forgiveness because you go back to the same old thing. Not necessarily talking about drug addiction, though you may be here too this morning. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that is legal to us. But Paul says, I will not come under any of them. And if there's something in your life that is holding you back from your peace and your joy in the Lord, and you know that it's a habit and you've not been able to break it, I want you to do something this morning. I want you to give it to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here to set you free. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to set you free, to bring good news, to bring deliverance to the captive, open the eyes of the blind, to set the oppressed free. It may be oppression, it may be depression, it may be an emotional situation in your life, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit is going to set you free this morning. I want you to put your hands down. Every head bow, every eye close. And get ready because the Holy Spirit is going to set you free. You're here this morning and you say, Pastor, there is something in my life that I would love to give up, that I want to give it up, and I want victory over it. In the name of Jesus, this morning, I'm going to surrender it to Christ. I want to say a special prayer for you right there where you are. God's going to set you free. I want you to do something right now. By lifting up your hand, you would say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. It's me. I want you to do it right now. Lift it up high. Lift it up high all over the place. Lift it up high. I want you to keep it right there. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what it is. And he wants to set you free from the inside out. What the Holy Spirit is looking for is surrender. He wants you to surrender to him. It starts with you. It starts with your heart. For you to give it to Jesus. Put your hands down. Put your hands down. Now, all over this house, I don't know who you are, but if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Victor, if I was to die right now, 
I'm really not sure that I'm going to go to heaven. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I need to be sure. You know, my Bible tells me that if we believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you will be saved. If you say it with your mouth, if you confess him with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, the Bible says you shall be saved. For those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I don't know who you are this morning, but if you was to die right now or tomorrow, and no, none of us know that. I was speaking in our church one day and I was talking about something similar to this and there was a lady sitting there. It was her first time in church. And when I made the altar call, she raised her hand and gave her life to Jesus. Little did she know and little did we know that on, in that week she will pass away and die. But she took the greatest gift with her and that is the gift of eternal life her name was written down in the last book of life and I don't know where you stand with God here I want every head bowed every eye closed right now I'm going to ask you you're not sure about your salvation and you say this morning Pastor Victor include me in your prayer this morning because I want to make sure I want to give my life to Jesus Christ I want to experience the power of forgiveness in my life I want you to raise your hand right now as a sign you want to be included in this prayer do it right now God bless you 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 put your hand down you put your hand down here's what I'm going to do I know we don't have much room here. We have the same situation in our church. There's not much room here, but here's what I want you to do. Those of you that just raised your hand right now, I'm talking about those of you that are not sure of your salvation, but you want to make sure, I want you to do something very bold this morning. I want you to step out from where you're standing, and I want you to come and stand right here, because I'm going to pray for you. Come right now. God bless you. Just come stand right here. Come. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Come, come, come. Listen, if you're not too sure in your life, I want you to come right now. Don't hold back. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Because we're talking about eternity here. We're not talking about uh, uh, coming to church on a Sunday morning. We're talking about forever and ever and ever. And only God can give you this gift. And Jesus is here to set you free, to heal your soul to write your name down in the Lamb's book of life. You know the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle in the Bible and in life, the greatest miracle that you can ever experience is the miracle of being born again. It's the only time that the Bible says angels rejoice in heaven. I mean, healing miracles are great and we are to rejoice. But angels don't rejoice over your healing. They rejoice over your salvation. Because no man can give you that. Come on, I'm about to pray. Is there anybody else you want to come? Stand here right now. Just walk out from where you're standing. Just come up here. We're going to pray for you that God will have his way in your life. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Those of you that are here in the front, the Bible says if we confess it with our mouths, if we confess Jesus Christ as Lord with our mouth, 
and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says, you shall be saved. We're going to do that right now. So I want you to repeat this prayer together with me. I want you to say it out loud. Don't hold back. As a matter of fact, we're all going to join you. So say it right now from the bottom of your heart. Repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent of all my sins. And I take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for this great salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give God the glory and the praise. Amen. Amen, amen. I see a smile in your face. What's your name? Oscar. 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 Do you know, Oscar, that your name just got written down in heaven in the Lamb's book of life, and no man can remove it from there. Isn't that wonderful? Come on, let's give God the praise. Hallelujah. My God, my God. Listen, let me tell you, I can talk to you forever. I've been all over the world. I've seen thousands of people come to Christ. And I can tell you the greatest miracle that can ever happen to anybody is when we get saved. Amen. Now, those of you that raised your hand because you have something to be set free from. You lifted up your hand. Something that's controlling your life. I want you to lift your hand up once again. Everybody look into Jesus. Don't be looking around. I want you to look to Jesus right now. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. The whole church say it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come under the blood of the Lamb. Under the blood of Jesus. And I ask you now, set me free from habits in my life break every chain for I surrender my life in the name of Jesus I receive say it again I receive my freedom in Jesus name I got the victory amen 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 come on let's give God the praise and the glory amen 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 let me pray for you right now father in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you have done here this morning. And I pray, oh God, that you will move mightily in every heart. As every habit is broken. As every chain is broken. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we receive it done here this morning. We thank you for these that have gotten saved. We rejoice with them. Lord, I pray you keep them. Fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit to serve you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The Lord bless you, Pastor Tom. Amen.
of God says that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. There is no going back under this power. The Bible says that, that this body that serves sin now is dedicated to serve Christ. We used to pick up cigarettes and beer with our hands, and we said, that's it. These hands now are to pray for the sick, to lift up before God holy hands and to praise him. Use the instruments of your body, these feet that ran towards sin. Now they run towards righteousness. The mouth that spoke so many evil words and curse words are to bless and to prosper the work of the Lord. So, Father, thank you this day that you have made for us to rejoice and to be glad. Hallelujah. Thank you for your servant. Thank you, O oh God, for the instrument that you have used, the vessel. Father, we pray, O oh God, that you continue the work through New Life International Outreach, O oh God. Father, how could there be a plague of opiates, heroin in this nation? When there's a man who, who stands up and lifts up the banner of victory over the devil, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, O oh God. You've given us genuine, precious faith. Father God, in every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Father, we pray for a revival in the land. We pray for a movement of your spirit across America. We pray that you would raise up these generals of the faith, O oh God, that proclaim truth in the midst of darkness, O oh God. We pray, Father God, that we shall see signs and wonders follow those who believe in your name. Father God, they shall cast out demons, O oh God. They shall raise up the kingdom of God in the hearts of wayward children. We pray, Father God, that you would be glorified, that you would bless every family here represented, O oh God, that fathers and sons should reconcile, that husbands and wives should reconcile when any two or more gather in your name and pray. You answer prayer, O oh God. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders. We glorify your name. We exalt you, O oh God. We pray for a week full of your glory, full of testimonies, O oh God, of your hand moving upon the families all over the earth, O oh God. We pray for the ministry of Victor Torres, Father God, that that movie would be used in a powerful way announcing the proclamation of healed hearts, O oh God, healing the brokenhearted. Opening prison gates, oh God. Proclaiming prosperity to the poor, oh God. Good news to those that are poverty stricken, oh God. Be glorified, Lord. We bless your name in the house of God. And the people of God say amen, amen, and amen.